Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. So thankful to be able to, uh, that person's excited as well. That's awesome. Uh, to have Jason Manning come. And Jason's come, he's from Sudden Valley, pastor, actually, Sudden Valley Church, one of our CTK churches. And Jason has been around the county for a long, long time. I, I first met Jason on the basketball court, my old church. And I heard that you work for Costco and me, you might've checked my, my uh, gallons and gallons of milk or whatever. Yeah. But uh, 15 but, years at Costco. So, so you might have went through my line in one of those so years. So that was one of your careers. And then, um, you know, the, you did a horrible job there and they fired you. And then you're like, what am I doing with my life? Well, I guess I'll like, I'll be a pastor or something. Actually, you, you can share that a little bit more. So easy. It, it's a very spiritual thing to happen. No, it's awesome. Not only the, the, the pastoring we do, the, the partnership we have in the county of the other campuses, but we really are friends. We, yeah. we probably do need to spend more time together to like really get to know each other. But we have this brotherhood with our other brothers uh, from uh, the other campuses that we come together. And it's really, really cool. And I think it's just this summer is a great example of the health that we're part of this network. And so um, I was hoping, you know, that uh, Jason would deliver something wonderful. And it was great the first service. I really enjoyed it. So no pressure for the second. Now it's going to have to go higher on this. But I'm so glad that he can be here with this, uh, with us this morning and and uh, be be back uh, to join with you guys here. So yeah. Jason, Excellent. welcome. Excited to be here. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. You can clap. I always give it a hard time because Dan probably doesn't get applause every time he comes up on stage, and neither do I out in Sudden Valley. But whenever we bring a guest speaker out, it seems like everybody's like, oh, yeah. Finally going to hear somebody different. Um, but I'm, I apologize if you came back and, well, Dan's going to be back. He's going to be preaching. Uh, I, if you're visiting, I invite you to come back because Dan is obviously much better looking and a lot funnier than I am. So uh, I invite you to come back. Cricket? Cricket? Oh, maybe not. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So, no, what's really cool is that actually today uh, I'm out here at North Bay and out in Sudden Valley, like the exact opposite end of Bellingham area. Uh, Rich Warner from Ferndale is preaching for me. And then uh, Rob Rogers of downtown has went out to Ferndale and is preaching in Ferndale. And then Todd King, you probably know him. He's been here a few times, a big tall guy, Bronco fan like me. Uh, he is at downtown. And so there's this complete flop and we've all switched spots and we've landed where we are at uh, this morning. Um, and, and if you don't know who I am, you probably, I know Dan shared with you guys back a while back, I am the trampoline pastor. Uh, and so if you don't know what that is, about eight months ago or so, I blew out my knees uh, at a kindergartner's birthday party. Uh, and, and I was in a wheelchair for 10 weeks. I know a lot of, I mean, a handful of you have even messaged me and said you were praying for me. Or I ran into a, numerous people in the grocery stores. I was like, oh, I was at Christ the King North Bay or Christ the King Bellingham. And they brought your name up. And we've been praying for you. And, and so so I am the trampoline pastor in that I made a poor choice 
uh, and jumped on a trampoline. You know, the, the, the demographic is you're pushing 40 years old and you jump on a trampoline, you just shouldn't do that. And so, uh, yeah, so uh, that was the first poor choice. I made another poor choice this summer uh, in that uh, we got together as pastors and decided we're going to pick a character out of this flawed series. If you haven't been around or maybe you have been around, we're in Hebrews 11 where we've uh, chose uh, from that list of 20 characters uh, a handful of people from that hall of faith in, fe- in Hebrews 11 to share and, and speak on. And you guys have heard of Moses and Abel and Rahab and, and all these different characters and Noah. And I, in, in that meeting, that hour-long meeting, we're about half an hour and we're all like, okay, let's choose somebody we're going to do the chief study work on uh, for this series. I had earmarked for us out in Sutton Valley, whenever there's a fifth Sunday, we do a family service, much like what you guys do probably with dogs on the deck, uh, where we uh, try to build community and relationships over a meal. Food brings people together. I love my food. Um, and um, and we had to choose characters. Well, I was like, you know, I'm going to choose a character that's great for that family service because that's a little niche. I got kids at Sutton Valley. We had a ton of kids uh, at five and up stay in service for those family services. And so immediately Noah went right off the board. I thought, oh, that'd be a great one. So then I thought, you know what? I'll do Samson. Like Samson, strong guy, long hair, really strong, did amazing things for God, right? And, and the kids will get a kick out of that. They cut his hair and he lost his strength. And I thought that would be a great family-oriented life to look at. So maybe you have not read the book of Samson, or maybe you have, you know, and you will find, come to find out that that was a poor choice by me to choose to try to do uh, the story of Samson for a bunch of kids that were present in a family service. So I'm excited to be out here and share with you guys uh, a more than PG rating of the filtered version that I shared with our families out in Sudden Valley and share with you and hopefully challenge you uh, in where you're at and what Samson's life has for you and what you can learn and adapt in your life. Because as I dove in, I had read the book of Samson, or the story of Samson. If you haven't read it, Judges 13 through 16 is the story. I encourage you to go back and read it. It's an amazing story. Uh, of, well, amazing, maybe. It's just a, a, an exciting or entertaining story uh, of Samson's life. But it really, when I got into it, it's just Samson making a bunch of poor choices, like jumping on trampolines when you're too old, or uh, deciding to speak on Samson's life to a bunch of kids. So, uh, but Samson makes a bunch of poor choices in his life. And God, uh, at this point in, in, in the story where we pick up Samson's life in Judges 13, uh, you, you've heard about, I know Dan shared the very first week of this series back before he went away on Saturday, we shared about Genesis a little bit and, and uh, selfishness of heart and things like that from the beginning of creation. You've learned about Abel and Abraham and Moses. And this comes after that. Uh, and after God has delivered his people into the promised land, and we have a cycle in the Old Testament that's in the book of Judges, where over and over as God's building his people, his, his nation, they continue to do evil in the sight of the Lord. And over and over and over, they do evil in the sight of the Lord. And then God raises up a judge, not a king, because God is still king. And he raises up a judge to deliver. Because the curse is, is that as they become disobedient, God would deliver them into the hands of the enemies that are surrounding 
them. And for the story of Samson, it's actually the Philistines. And, um, and then he would uh, deliver them a judge and the judge would rise them up out of that and deliver them from those hands. And then again, they would fall and be disobedient, do evil on the side of the Lord and again and again and again. And when we hit Samson's life, he's the 12th judge. So there's 12 judges that he, in this cycle. And in the book, uh, in the Bible, uh, 12 is, is a number of completion. Uh, and so the, the book of Judges and these Judges ends with Samson. And I think, man, with Samson's life and what we know from her, how could it end with this? And so this morning, I want us to really look at Samson's life. God, at the beginning of Samson's life, appears to uh, his parents and says, he is to be set apart to lead my people. He's to take what's called a Nazarite vow, a vow. And it started with his parents and the decisions they had to, had to make while they were giving birth to him, while his mom was giving birth to him, and then on into raising him. It was a vow that he had to make. And then uh, he was set apart at that time. And then Samson obviously is born with natural strength and, and the ability to, to do uh, amazing things with his strength. Uh, and then um, <clears throat> Samson took a vow, that same vow, that Nazarite vow. Uh, and, he, and, 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 and early on in his life, he decides to pick a wife. And I literally mean like pick. Like he just was like, he was talking to his parents. And he was like, you know what? I want to marry that woman. Go get me that woman. And that woman, that his first wife was a Philistine. And his parents said, well, wait. You know, like we took a vow with God. And, 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 and God, doesn't, God doesn't want his people as he's building his nation to do that, to intermarry with the, 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 these people who are coming in and are oppressing us. He actually wants us to deliver. He wants to deliver us from them. And he, and, and he says, nope, I want that wife. And, uh, and, uh, and his parents, you know, they finally give in because Samson is Samson and he's going to, you know, flex his muscles and, and get what he wants in his story. And he, and he picks his wife and he's going back to get his wife. And on the way down, on the way up to get his wife, uh, as a display of his strength, maybe you don't know this about the story because you might, I mean, maybe, you know, Samson as the long haired guy that, that, uh, was strong and did amazing things for God. Maybe you know him as the guy that had long hair, cut his hair, and then he died. Uh, or maybe you're going to get a good glimpse of who he really is. But he, on his way up as a display of his strength, he wrestles a lion. How many of you wrestled a lion? Just, just you? Okay, sweet. Two. Two people have taken on lions. That's great. Um, the Bible actually tells us that it was a young lion, so it's a lot easier to wrestle a young lion. We all know that. Uh, no, it's not. Like, I'm not going to wrestle a young lion or an old lion or any sort of lion. But as a display of his strength, he wrestles a lion and he kills him. And then uh, it says that they were returning then to, to, for the wedding festivities, and inside the mouth of this dead lion, bees had gathered, and in, in, in there was a pool of honey. And we all know we eat things out of dead carcasses that are laying on the side of the road, but Samson scoops in and eats some honey and then shares it with his parents, and that starts what is many things where Samson just says, I don't care about this vow I have with God, because part of that vow was that he wasn't supposed to come in contact with anything dead any dead uh, being at all. And so he scoops this honey out of the dead uh, lion and eats it and then feeds it to uh, his parents. And then they get into the wedding and, um, and, and at the wedding, he prepares this feast for the family. The bridegroom prepares this feast as a custom. And he's also given 30 companions. And so it's part of the customs. I don't understand it. I, I, I had plenty of friends with 11 groomsmen in my wedding. Um, and the, I don't need extra 30, but it's part of their custom. Whoa. Um, 
I almost lost a spot there. No. As part of the custom is, is that he gives them these 30 companions. And um, get this set here. <clears throat> and uh, he gives them these 30 companions. And then Samson, as a display of kind of who he is, um, he, um, he takes on in Judges 14. It says this. He, he decides to do a riddle. And this riddle makes absolutely no sense, I tell you, because uh, if, you, if I was to tell you that I ate something sweet and it was from another house, uh, I had something to eat. That's my riddle. Now solve it, right? Well, you wouldn't know that I, this morning, had homemade banana bread uh, from my mom. And that would be the... But Samson's vow, get this, Samson's vow in this is just like that. He says, uh, out of the eater, something to eat, and out of the strong, something sweet. And so he's gathered these people and he said, if you solve this riddle in seven days, I'll give you uh, 30, uh, 30, cart, or 30 uh, garments and 30 clothing. 30 cloth garments. And th- so he's saying, I'll give you 30 pairs of underwear and 30 clothes. And so it's like, really? Like, what's going on here? Like, I don't even understand that riddle. And then I don't even understand wanting to give people underwear. My mom buys my underwear every year for Christmas. Uh, I'll admit to that. No. Um, so no, but, uh, but he does this. And then he says, you got seven days of here. And seven days is going by. And, and, and his wife says, man, you don't even love me because it's, it's her people that he's doing this to. You don't even love me. You haven't even told me what the riddle means. He's like, man, and Samson says, I don't even know. I haven't even told my parents what this riddle means. He's fine, I'll tell you. And, uh, and he obviously he shares that it's the lion in the, the honey that they shared with on their way up uh, to the wedding. And, uh, then, uh, and then his wife shares with the people and um, they get together and the people come to Sam and say, oh, we solved your riddle. Here it is. Uh, what is sweeter than honey and stronger than a lion? And Samson's like, how did you know that? That wasn't even real that you'd be able to answer. And so it upset Samson at the time. And, and he's really upset. And get this. This is great. This is Samson's humor in it all. He says this. He says, if you have not plowed with my heifer. Do you get that? He's talking about his wife. I'm going to leave that one alone for you guys. He says, if you have not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. And Samson goes on to then uh, attack and, and steal those 30 pairs of underwear and the 30 clothes that he wanted from them. And that upsets the whole family. And there's discourse from the beginning with his in-laws and that whole family. And then Samson just leaves. And then Samson comes back and returns. And, uh, and he's upset because he comes to the family and says, I want my wife. And uh, her family says, yeah, sorry, we've actually given, given her away to another person to be married. Um, you know, you left and what you did to our family was, you know, was not, was not honorable at all. So we gave her away in marriage to somebody else. And Samson gets really upset. And then probably for me, the favorite part of Samson's story, I don't know why Samson isn't known for this rather than the long hair and the cutting and losing his strengths, because this is an amazing part of the story. Samson catches 300 foxes. So raise your hand again if you've caught a fox. So just two people wrestled lions, but nobody's caught a fox. Okay, so I haven't caught a fox either, uh, but Samson catches 300 foxes. You read it in Judges 13 through 16, and he ties the tails of them together, and then he puts a torch in there, and he sets them loose into the, into the, the, uh, the crops the, the, that the Philistines had, which at the time the Philistines have taken over, uh, the Israelites. And so it's actually the Israelites crops that he's burning up. So he's not only upsetting the Philistines who are in control of it, but he's also upsetting his people because it's their crops. I think it's just amazing. Like 
how do you catch a fox? How do you tie the tails together? And how do you get them to do whatever you want them to do is beside me. But Samson does it. And then we get into the story where Samson then falls in love with Delilah, who's a prostitute. And we know the selfishness behind that. And we'll get into that a little bit as well. And, and, and ultimately, Samson uh, divulges what he thinks his strength is, is in the length and the non-cutting of his hair. And, um, and we move into the story of Delilah and the choices that he makes there. See, but for us this morning, I want us to really look at God, at Samson's life and, 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 and the choices he made and what we can pull from it. See, it's for the decisions of how we live, Samson's life can be summed up uh, much like that cycle that the Israelites went through, uh, the cycle of uh, being disobedient to God and then, uh, you know, and then doing evil on the side of the Lord and then God delivers them. But uh, that's Samson's life because in Judges a couple different times, uh, in 17 and 21, it says, speaking of the Israelites who are in this cycle, uh, this 12, 12 cycles of disobedience, it actually says in there that, um, that they did what they wanted in their own eyes. God's talking about his people. They did what they wanted in their own eyes. And that can really sum up Samson's life too. He did what he wanted in his own eyes, what he desired to do in his life. Even though God had gifted him, even though that God had strength, given him these strengths and abilities. And I want to start off this morning as we look into this. I want you to have this on the forefront of your minds as we look at it. Because it's a great truth for us to start from this morning. I want uh, for our minds, when we look at Samson's story, to know that all of you are set apart by God. That he's created you in his image and that he has a plan for your life and that he has set you apart uh, for his Uh, for his glory, and created you with a purpose in his image. See, we all have these specific giftings and strengths in our lives. We all do. God, and it's the first blank in your outline, God has created in you strengths and abilities to do his work. Each one of you have strengths and abilities to do his work. And Samson did as well. And some would say Samson, uh, one of Samson's strengths was leadership. I mean, I could agree with that. I mean, Samson was set apart from the beginning and raised up by God to lead his people. And he did lead his people. Uh, and then most definitely one of Samson's strengths uh, is actual physical strength, his ability in, in physical strength. But see, for Samson, he struggled with the desire with what he wanted to do for himself. Right, I think uh, all too often we choose this, uh, and, and we choose to this selfish desire maybe, uh, and even all too often we do, we choose what benefits us the most. And so my question for you, maybe get you to raise your hands in, in a moment of, of, of confession, how many of you have maybe made a decision this week like that, a decision that was based solely on your own selfish desires and what you wanted? Okay, good. That's first service crowd was that way too, like one person and then boom, hands went up. So don't have to call anybody liars uh, and we'd have a whole other issue to deal with. But, um, but, but all too often we do that. We make these decisions based on what we want and what we desire in our lives. And maybe it looks like, like what can I do or how can I get what I want in a certain situation? Um, maybe it looks like not thinking about someone else and how it affects them in, the, in, in, in going after what I want or what I desire. 
Maybe it's not considering the consequences of going after something that I want or I desire in my life. See, those were the decisions that Samson was making in his life. Set apart from the beginning, actually raised up and taken care of. If Samson, were, Samson lived an honored life. The fact that God appeared and, and chose him out of this family to be raised up and honored with this vow, he would have been taken care of for his whole life. And he actually, if he would have made the right decisions, would have gone down as probably one of the best leaders ever. Like up there with like Moses and stuff. But instead he didn't. He made poor choices and continued. Samson instead made decisions that were selfish decisions that affected himself and others. Right? And breaking this vow over and over, like saying, who cares about what God wants for me? Or marrying women outside of, of, who God, of God's people. Uh, killing the lion and eating the honey out of the dead carcass. Setting fire to the crops. Choosing to be with the wrong people like Delilah. Giving up his strength in a sense. What we'll come to find out is him just abandoning God in his life. See, here's the tough thing for us to consider this morning and it's tough because it's it's hard to find a place for us to define it in our lives it's god uh, god allows you to abandon his plan for your own god allows you to completely abandon his plan and to go off and do whatever you want with the gifts and blessings that he's given you in his life he'll allow you to do that And it's crazy for us to think about a God who created us would allow us to do that. But there's actually numerous stories in the Bible of which we've looked at a lot of them in this series. There's numerous stories of God's, and if we look just at the cycle of the Israelites when God's building his nation and they continue to fall to disobedience and do evil on the side of the Lord and then they get delivered and then they make the decision again, not even learning from the decision in the past, which is often what I do. You can ask my wife, she'll attest to that. But then you got the story of like David and Bathsheba, right? David makes a poor choice one night. And there's hardship in that story. Like they lose their firstborn child. And then, but then ultimately there's a redemptive part of that story as well as David chooses then to be an amazing leader for God. And then you have the rich young ruler, right? The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, how can I inherit the kingdom of God? And God says, all you got to do is give up everything that you have. Your life, all you got to do is just give it all. And the rich young ruler, what does he say? He says, I'm out. Like, I'm done. Like, and, and, and Scripture actually tells us he walks away sad. Saddened by what Jesus had said to give up his life for him. Right? And then Jesus is teaching. A parade stops and Jesus is teaching. And he, he talks about a dad, a father, a God who, um, who will give you life. That he, he will show you what he desires for you if you make the decisions to follow him. And, and he will let you then take those blessings that he's blessed you with and walk away with it and do whatever you want with it. He will allow you to live a life that you want and that's free will. And it's hard to put it in a box, but that actually defines the love that God has for us. That he gives us that choice to follow him and that choice to make decisions on our own and not hijack our lives and like a robot make us fall in line and be obedient in everything that we do. It's a choice. It's a conscious choice that we have to make to follow and believe in God. And that's his love for us. But what we do sometimes more than not is what it says in Romans 121. It says, although they knew God, they exchanged his glory 
for their own. Therefore, God gave them over to their sinful desires and let them seek their own glory. And then in Psalms 81, 11, and 12, talking about the Israelites and that cycle they went through, it says, but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. See, the God of the Bible, the God that I know, wants us to choose and know him. He wants us to follow him. He says, if you choose me, I'm actually going to call you my sons and daughters. Like, I'm going to invite you into my family. Like, I want to be with you. And I think we don't even realize it because I think we, we tend to think that God is going to protect us. Because our God is a protector, right? Right? Amen? Like our God is a protector. But here's the deal. God is not a protector of us making bad choices. He allows us to make bad choices. He's not going to protect us when we make bad choices in our lives. God's protections and his blessings are on us is when we go after, like what Shane and we all sung about this morning, he shared with us, which is amazing, when we go after his promises, when we, when we desire who he really is and we seek after him, then we get that protection. And we still don't get a protection from making bad choices. I can attest to that. But that God, that God wants us to. And we see this in the story of Samson in a couple different places. One, we see it uh, with the Israelites at the time where uh, they've just gotten used to losing. I mean, this is a 12, 12, 12 cycles of this, right? And they've just gotten used to losing. And in Judges 15, uh, 15.3, it says this, agreed the answer. And they're, and they're talking about uh, going after Samson. They said, uh, agreed the answer. We will go tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him up with two new ropes and led him to the rock. God's people took the one person that God had promised he was going to use to deliver him and said, get out of here. Like they want to deliver him to the Philistines. Because they, they felt it was an inconvenience. And, and Samson was even fighting the Philistines. I think all too often for us, because we believe, we, we get used to losing, or we get used to whatever it is that we feel in our lives. I help out a lot in uh, my kids' school, Geneva Elementary. I love kids. We do a little kids' message up in Sudden Valley often with the kids, and I share moments with them. But here's what I've observed about kids and what we're doing these days. We're telling them, oh, there's little Johnny, and, 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 and Johnny's just a really wild and rambunctious kid. He's not good in, in, in structured settings, and, 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 you know, and he's continued to tell that, right? And he, so he continues to believe that in his life, and he's just gotten used to just being, quite frankly, disobedient. And I think that's for us as adults as well. Like all too often where you maybe have been told by your parents or your parents' parents or maybe by your spouse or maybe by people in your life that you're just a certain way. Like that's just who I am and I, you know, I just got to live with it, you know? And we get used to this losing like the Israelites did. But, but here's the deal. Our God is a God that changes lives. Like it's tough. The words dis, obedience and discipline, those are tough words. Like I don't want to like, run after those like joy and peace and happiness like bouncing around like Shane all the time you know like I want to go after that but like obedience and discipline is like oh man but that's that's what this is 
And for, it's not too late to change. It's never too late for us to change. Because if you don't, you don't know my story, I worked with Costco for 15 years, but right out of high school, I graduated and walked into a Costco building. But I, before that, at the age of 18, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Uh, my, I love my parents more than most all people on this earth. They gave me more than I could ever want and desire for my life. But if I went after what they told me was good in life, you know, what they desired for me to do, I wouldn't be where I am today. If I just believed that. And I love my parents. I pray for them daily. I think my mom's come to know the Lord. And my, you know, I, I, I have to believe that my whole family is on their way there. But I, I had to choose to go after God's promises in my life. And that's just, and all too often I don't choose that. But that's just an example for us. Like, what people say about you doesn't matter. God's promises and what he has for you is what we need to believe in. Because here's the deal. Samson struggled with making decisions for himself. Raise your hand if you, I'm going to make you just admit everything this morning. Raise your hand if you struggle with obedience and discipline in your life. Way more of you than admitting that you had selfish uh, thoughts this, year, this week. But that's just it. Like, we struggle with that, obedience and discipline. And the danger is that God, he shows up and he blesses us and he gives us life. And he actually maybe even tells you how he's blessed you and what he desires for you in your life. And then uh, he lets you go off and do whatever you want with it. Ultimately, he wants you to choose him. And ultimately, that's the best decision for us to make. But although God allows us to do that, God's desire for us is to get lost in his life and not our own. God wants us to get lost in his life and not our own life. Samson became used to going after what he wanted. He used the gifts that God gave him and, he, and, and ultimately the strength for his own good. He got lost in his own self. And over and over he made that decision. The decision got worse and worse and worse and worse. And he just got lost in a life that was separate and abandoned God's promises for his life. And that's for us in our life too. God doesn't want us to navigate the waters by ourselves. God doesn't want us to always continue to be cutting our own trail all by ourselves. All too often, I think we make the quick and easy decision and find ourselves down in this valley with hills on both sides of us and like life's like, oh, what am I going to do now? Like it's only an uphill climb for here and the only way out is back. Back to the blessings and what God had for us. See, but what's crazy about Samson is that God still used him. He did. And some would argue that he used him all along the way. I struggle to see it in some cases. But that God used him. But if you look at Samson's life, the decisions that he made for himself just created a wake of destruction in his path as he continued to make those selfish decisions. And ultimately, we know the story ends and, uh, and, and, and he gets together with Delilah, who's this prostitute, and uh, for reasons that he had for his own selfishness and that. And the enemy teams up with her, and they trick Samson into giving his strength. I can't fully prove this theory, but, this theory, but I think Samson just lost his strength because he had abandoned, abandoned his God. 
He had abandoned the promises that God had for him over and over and over again. And, and soon he fell out of even recognizing his God. And I find it ironic, a couple things at the end of this. Samson is captured and really put on display in the temple. And, and uh, even in his final plea, he says to God, remember me. And if you've been around church at all, you know the, the depiction of, you know, in the final days we'll be set before God and his throne. And, and maybe we have this list of things that we've done for him and, or that we've done in our lives. And God will look at us like, I don't even know you. And like Samson in his life, God, it was the only judge that, that God raised up from birth. Like it's recorded that he raised him up from birth. And, God, and, and Samson raised up from birth at the end of his life, still cries out to God, remember me, as if he had never been in his presence. Remember me, I'm Samson. You set me apart from the beginning. Remember me, please, oh God. Judges 16, 28 says just that. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. Let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. And even though it was God who is going to deliver his people from this curse, God said, I will deliver you from your enemies as they close in on you. And in uh, in this case, Samson, God still extends his grace. And uses Samson. He could have used anybody else at the time. Samson's plea for God to remember him, God could have been like, man, like, really? You're even recognizing me? You haven't recognized me in your whole life and you want to do now? But if you catch it, listen to this. Look at what it says. It's the way Samson says it. He says, Samson cries, let me with, strengthen me, let me with one blow get my revenge. Like, I wanted to land my sermon with his final plea where he just said, Oh, sovereign God, mighty of mighties, holy of holy, your name be known by tearing down this temple. Like, that would have been like a prayer. I'd have been like, yeah, Samson finally came to the Lord, you know. But his plea is, strengthen me so I can get my revenge for my two eyes. Like, even his final plea is selfish. And, and I struggle with this. I struggle with, you know, what do we do with Samson's life? And this is, this is what I landed with because we've been looking at this hall of faith. And we've been looking at Moses and Abel and all these, and, and all these people that are just amazing people. But here's the deal. We shouldn't elevate any of those people. They're all God's story of doing amazing things. That by faith, through God, they did what they did. And in Samson's story, even though his final plea is strengthen me one last time so I may get my revenge, God ultimately wins. God is the one. Because actually in the time of the temple, they were, uh, they were going after their own. I think it's Dagon as their God. And they were saying their God delivered them. And, but ultimately God win, won in the end. He was the one that was, I mean, Samson dies in this. And, and, and God's people are delivered by God, and there's no mistake about it. That he is the winner in the story. And this displays God's grace for us. And here's the deal. The same is true for us in our lives. God has a plan in your life right now. He has a plan for you to use you, to use your strengths and abilities that he's gifted you with and all uniquely, very uniquely 
come to find out over and over, and as you get involved in the church, you realize we're all made differently. We all have different strengths and abilities, but we're all called to use them. And for me, what I landed in in this is that in, 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 in God strengthening us and giving us these abilities, his desire is for us to use them for his glory, for the plan that he has in our lives. That although he'll let us go off and do our own plan, because here's the deal. This is what I know to be true about the plans that I have for my life. My absolute best plan for my life, and I've had numerous plans that I've been like, well, that was not good. Um, my absolute best plan A is nothing compared to God's plan like P, A, B, C, D, F, G, you know, all the way through that. I mean, because I've already worked through a lot of God's plans and ignored them. So maybe that's where you're at, that you feel like God has had a plan for your life and you've just strayed from it all too often and you found yourself way down the road. Wherever you're at, God's plan for your life right now is way better than any plan you can make up on your own. Amen? Amen. And in God's word, I want to I want to leave you with this. In Isaiah, Isaiah twenty six eight, it's a verse that I've used uh, that I've really lived by in my life. When I came to know the Lord at eighteen, I stumbled upon this verse. Um, and it's Isaiah twenty six eight. It says, "Yes, Lord, walking the, in your walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desires of our hearts. That in our lives." God be known, glory to God, his promises for me are yes and amen like we sung about, and he desires the best for us in those promises. Amen? Amen, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the stories that are written in the pages of your book. We thank you as we've worked through this series of Hebrews 11 and these numerous stories of some of the greatest names and some of the people who made the poorest choices that maybe I can relate to more so, Lord. We thank you that you still continue to choose to use flawed people in your story, that you continue to desire for us to make better decisions in our lives and to follow after your plan for our lives. So this morning, I pray that we may be a people that seek and hear from you the plan that you have laid out for our lives, Lord. And though we may deviate from it, Lord, may we, may we, may we uh, stumble back onto it. May we, may we work hard to get back onto your path through our obedience and, and believing in the promises that you have for us, believing that you are ultimately good, that you are ultimately gracious to us, Lord. Lord, we give you the rest of this morning and we ask that you speak to each one of our hearts and our minds. It is our desire to follow after you. We pray this in your name.